chapter 1. We're continuing in our series in the Gospel of Luke, exploring who Jesus is. That slide's going to come up. Yes, here we are. Exploring who Jesus is. This is the third talk in our Luke series, the Gospel of Luke. We're looking at, in this section, the birth of Jesus, the prediction of the birth of Jesus. We're, we're, we're doing a Christmas in the springtime, which is good, isn't it? Looking at Christmas, looking at the birth of Jesus Christ. And today, we're looking at the filling, talking about the Holy Spirit, filling and overflowing. Filling and overflowing. I didn't realize it was actually Pentecost Sunday. And um, in, the, in the providence of God, I'm speaking about the work of the Holy Spirit. That's good, isn't it? Yes. So, filling and overflowing. If you want to turn in your Bibles, then, to Luke chapter 1, 39 to 80. As you can see, there's quite a lot of verses there. I'm going to read through it, all of it, because I think it's important just to get a feel of the story. So let's read verses 39 to 80 in the Gospel of Luke. That's when I realize I... So just give you a moment. At that time, so let me just remind you, the angel Gabriel has come to Elizabeth, told her she's going to have a baby called John the Baptist, who's going to be called John, but he will be John the Baptist. And then the angel Gabriel came to Mary, told her she's going to have a son. And by the way, your son is going to be God, Savior, and King. Big thing. Big, and she's a virgin, by the way. So, you know, these are miraculous births. And then it, we pick up the story. At that time, Mary got ready, hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So notice that phrase there. Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached me, said Elizabeth, the baby in my womb, who is John, going to be John the Baptist, leapt for joy. So the baby in the womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. It carries on. And then we have what Mary's song, often called the Magnificat in certain religious settings. Mary sings a song in response to what has just been said. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. I don't know what the tune would have been. I don't know. But his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. 
He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. And then we have the account of John the Baptist, which I'll leave you to read in your own time. Go down now to verse 67. His father, so let me just summarize what's happened. John the Baptist is born. Zechariah, who had not been able to speak because he hadn't believed God, so God had disciplined him quite sternly. He wasn't able to speak. When John the Baptist was born, then Zechariah says this. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit. See that, sign, that, that, that phrase again. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Praise be, again, it's another song. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and has redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of our servant David. And as he, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. And you, my child, John the Baptist, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. The child grew, became strong in spirit. He lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this story. Thank you for this account. You've caused to be recalled for us. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Come and, come and help us. Come and speak to every one of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So there's a lot there, but we're talking about filling and overflowing. The work of the Holy Spirit is throughout that story. But you see in the gospel, the whole of the gospel of Luke, the Holy Spirit is spoken about a lot. And Jesus' final words in this book of Luke are, wait until the Holy Spirit is given to you. And then in the book of Acts, which, he, which Luke also wrote, it begins with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday today. At Pentecost, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they praise God, and they speak about Jesus, and many people become Christians, and so on. The work of the Holy Spirit is central to what Luke is talking about. He wants us to be expectant and to be people who are filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you're not a Christian, then he wants to invite you to be someone who becomes filled with the presence of God. 
in our lives. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's really saying the presence of God in our lives, the empowering of God in our lives. The same God who in Genesis, the same Holy Spirit in Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, that was involved in the creation of the world, is the same Holy Spirit who comes and fills us, works in us, and works through us individually and as churches. And he wants us to be people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what Luke is really telling us. Like Elizabeth, like Mary, like Zechariah, like John the Baptist, like Jesus. Because remember, even Jesus, it says the Holy Spirit came on him in the present form of a dove and filled him. And even Jesus sets us the example of needing to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. We could do nothing without the presence of God, can we? That makes sense. We could do nothing without the presence of God, can we? I don't know if that English works. But anyway, you know you can do nothing without the Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled with his presence. And my main point today is the Holy Spirit's filling results in joy, praise, and encouragement. The Holy Spirit's filling results in joy, praise, and encouragement. What we see in this text today, we see joy, don't we? We see joy. Filled with joy. Even in difficult times, joy. This wasn't an easy time, right? Mary is rushed to Elizabeth. Mary is, you know, Mary is a, 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 she's an unmarried woman in a culture that condemned people getting pregnant outside of marriage. All right? And she is in that situation. So she rushes to her relative, and her relative she doesn't know how her relative is going to respond, but her relative encourages her and says you're going to, the, the baby you're carrying is the Lord, and so on. So this is a worrying time, but she, Mary, Elizabeth, Zechariah, they're all filled with joy, even in difficulties. I'm going to elaborate on these things as well as we go along. Praise is the second thing. We see Mary and Elizabeth and Zechariah praising God. They worship God. They sing new songs to God. Singing, as far as I know, I know you say birds sing. Birds don't sing. Birds shout at each other saying, get away, this is my space. That's what they're doing. When they go, oh, it sounds so sweet. They're just going, I'm bigger than you. Don't come near me or I'll thump you. That's what they're saying, all right, I'm told by experts. You say, oh, that's not actually true. I, I think it is true. Human beings are the only things that sing. And I believe that God has given us the ability to sing. There's no other reason. Why do we sing? What's, the, what's singing for? But it's something that we do, and we dance, and we clap, and we, we have this musical element to us, and it's to do with emotional response to good things, but really it's the main thing it's for is worshipping God and praising his name. Of course, we can sing about other things, sing love songs and so on, and good songs, good music, but... I think it's mainly about worshipping God. It's an amazing gift that Mary and Elizabeth, Zechariah, they're all overflowing with poetry and singing. And, so, and, and there's encouragement as well. We see that Mary, Elizabeth encourages Mary and Zechariah encourages us. So let's just quickly go through this then. Firstly, the Holy Spirit's filling fills us with joy. We see that Elizabeth, when Mary enters the room, the baby in her womb leaps for joy. But you know, the baby isn't 
leaping for joy because Mary's entered the room. She's leaping, the John in her womb is leaping for joy because who has entered the room? Jesus in the womb of Mary has entered the room. When God comes into the room, when he fills you, there is joy, even in the midst of very great difficulties. And this is a big subject, but it's true. We can know joy in the most difficult of circumstances because we know God. We know his love. We know his kindness. We know his presence. We know his power. We know we can speak to him about everything, and it brings great joy to us. It doesn't mean to say we're not sad, that we don't mourn. Of course, but in mourning, in sadness, in challenge, we can also know joy because of the one who's in our lives. Mary is filled with joy as she is filled, or rather, Elizabeth is filled with joy. And Mary is filled with joy as the Holy Spirit is moving in their lives. Let's just think about the filling of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled? In Ephesians, it says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. That means all sorts of bad things because you're getting, having too much drink. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, what? Be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking and singing to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father. You see, there's joy when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I simply want to touch on this subject that when you become a Christian, God comes and lives in you by the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be a Christian, is to have God in you. It's a big subject. It unites us to God. It unites us to the victory of Jesus. Jesus has died and has risen. We're joined to him. We have died. We have risen. You have resurrection life in you because the Holy Spirit's in you. You have new birth. All these things. But there's a difference between being born again of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why... Well, I put it like this. Just, just, is there air among, around us? Yes, I hope there is. You think there's air among, yeah? Yeah, there's air. Yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, I can feel there's air. Yeah, I can do that. There's air. It's invisible. You can't feel it until it's moved, right? There's air. We're in air, okay? And that's, that's just true. Air is amongst us. If we don't have air, you're in trouble. But there's a difference between air and the blowing of the wind. Okay, so when, we are, when the wind blows on us, maybe we're in a sailing boat and the wind is blowing us along, it's the same thing, it's the air, but this time there's an activity about it that moves us forward. Being filled with the Holy Spirit moves us forward. It, it moves us into joy. It moves us into, he moves us into service and sacrifice and love and kindness and worship and the good things that are the fruit of our lives. So there's air amongst us, 
but there's air that blows on us. Same with the Holy Spirit. We are, we are saved, the Holy Spirit's in us, but then to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be moved by him into good things and empowered by him, by good things. I hope you can understand that. Big subject. But when the Holy Spirit comes, firstly, there's joy. When he breathes on us, there's joy. When he blows on us, there's joy. It says, the baby leapt for joy. This is repeated twice. The baby leapt for joy. It says in Nehemiah, all the people were really sad in, at this point in the Bible. They're really, they're mourning, they're sad, they're unhappy for various reasons. But he says this to them, go, enjoy food, sweet drinks. Send some of those who have nothing prepared and set at this day is, a ho is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When the Holy Spirit, we need the joy of the Lord to be our strength. Who can carry on living from day to day without joy, without hope? Life, life is tough. It can be boring as well. It can be monotonous. It can be suffering. It can be all sorts of things. But God wants us to have joy. His presence. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you know that people go to the gym, they lift weights so they can get strong. Good things. Good for you to do that. It's good to stay strong if you can. Particularly as we get older, we need to stay strong if we can. But the joy of the Lord is actually your strength. That's what's going to make you stand out and help you to keep going. Not just put up with life, but flourish in life. So, Firstly, there's joy. I mean, um, Lucy read it earlier, didn't she? Didn't she? In, in, as she, she was praying, it says here, you will go forth in joy. You will be led forth in peace. And that's what God wants for you, to be filled with joy by the Spirit. Secondly, the filling of the Spirit leads to praise. We see that in this, don't we? Praise. We have Mary's song of praise. We have Zechariah's song of praise. This, this book is full of worship. Just in the next chapter, we're going we're gonna to have the Christmas story. I think Phil is speaking next week. And he's going to talk about the angels who sing over the shepherds. And this idea that when the Spirit is moving, when God is moving, there is songs and praise and new songs and new worship. And the angels sing out, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When the Spirit comes, there is praise. Praise. And we have Mary's song here. It's, I mean, it's well worth you. And uh, please do, if you can, use the blogs this week. Again, there's stuff in there. That, sorry, our devotionals on our website. Uh, if you look at the church news, there's a link there to our devotionals as well. Please use them if you can. It will take, a bit, take this all a bit slower and you can take a bit more time over it because it's worth a bit more attention. But Mary's song is well worth meditating on and thinking about, as is Zechariah's song as well. There's so much richness in this poetry. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord.'" 
My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He has been mindful of the humble state of his servants. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. This is the sort of words that you could spend ages just reading over that, singing it. Make up a tune and sing it. It's brilliant. She addresses um, Jesus in her womb, which is quite interesting, isn't it? She says, God, my Savior. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. First thing that needs to be mentioned is that Mary is not some sinless being. She needs a Savior. God, my Savior. She worships God for him coming to her in her humble state. We mean by a humble state, she is a poor woman. She's not from a royal family. She's not the kind of person that many people would choose to give birth to the Son of God. And this sets us an example of how we are all to honour one another, no matter what our background. And we are not to put wealth and status as the meaning and purpose of our lives. We live in a culture that says career, and if can you get as high as you can, then you will be successful. And I can, not that I've ever got as high as I could, but I can tell you now, I, if, you, if you talk to anybody that's got the big job, the big house, the big car, that's whatever else, the big debt, are they the most cheerful people you've ever met? No, they're no more cheerful than you are. So let's not be lied to. Career is not the most important thing in the world. Of course, we need to work. It's God's will we work. It's God's will that we earn a living. It's God's will that we're generous. But it's God's will that we worship him and know him. This is the highest thing, knowing God and doing his will in our lives, even if it's a lowly thing, even if it's a lowly role. We're all tempted by this. Whatever job you do, be there for God and receive his estimation of you. Don't spend your time in your work saying, oh, look at me, I'm a loser or something. Like, because, you know, we're all tempted to that sort of thing, comparing ourselves to up with other people. If God has put you somewhere, you're a witness there to the glory of God. You're there to do the job as best you can to the glory of God. You're there to enjoy your work in the presence of God, to know his joy, because like Mary, you are blessed. Because you know God, you're adopted into his family, you are blessed. You are esteemed. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, says Mary. And you should be able to say, say the same for yourself. I am saved. I am forgiven. I'm a child of God. I have eternal life. I have true status in the kingdom of God. I'm not going to live my life for the nonsense that gets thrown at me. Okay, so Mary says, rejoices in God my Savior. You have noticed my lowly estate, my lowly state. And we should worship God like Mary. She sings of what God has done. 
If you go through this, she clearly is a woman of God. And what do I mean by a woman of God? I mean she's someone who is serious about her faith. You know, she's not a a passive Christian. She's not a Christian who goes to church every now and then and sort of, you know, I take it or leave it sort of thing. She's not the sort of person, you know, she is serious. And you know how I know she's serious? By the song she sings, the content in her song. She's a woman who knows the word of God. She's a woman who is recalling what God has done. She's a woman looking back in the scriptures and she's looking in her history and she's saying, God, you've done this. God, you've raised them up. God, you've brought them down. God, you have provided. God, you've made a way. She is a woman of God who can sing of the things of God because her heart and mind is full of the things of God. And friends, if you want to be somebody who praises God, you've got to fill your mind and heart with good things. Amen? We can only bring out what we've got stored inside. We can only bring out what we've got stored inside. If you were to be thrown in prison today for your faith, and in some places around the world that's what happens, what would you have? We might have. It depends on how generous the guards are, I guess. Wouldn't have a lot, would we? <laughs> Not a lot. Not, we wouldn't have a lot, would we? But I tell you what we might have, if we have given our minds to God's word, we would be rich in the words of God and we would be able to recount them and sing Let me encourage you just to memorize good songs so you can sing them as you walk down the street. Let me encourage you to memorize Bible verses so that you can sing them and speak them and praise them in a meeting or with your friend. Maybe you've got a friend who's struggling. If you've got a friend who's suffering and struggling and you want to bring some encouragement to them, what are you going to say? What are you going to be able to bring out of your heart? Mary could bring something out. And the Holy Spirit can bring out of what the Holy Spirit brings out of us what we've put in. Let's not be super spiritual now. If you don't, if we don't put stuff in our mind, the Holy Spirit can't bring it out. So he he can just do supernatural stuff. Now I know he can. He can make an ass, a donkey, speak. He can happen. It's rare though, okay? Most of the time he brings out good things that we've stored in our hearts. And let's just um, it's important to do that, to be, rem- be filling our minds. This is what Jesus says here in Matthew 12, 34 to 35. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good person brings the good things out of the good stored in them. An evil person brings out the evil stored up in them. And we see that a good, a good person, a good, there are good people, you know, good person, a good person. How do I know someone's a good person? By what they are storing in their minds and hearts. What do we count as precious? Please, my friends, let's be storing the truth of God's word little by little by little by little into our hearts so that like Mary, we can sing a new song to God. Because when 
the darkness comes and the storm comes and you are there and you're thinking, help. The Holy Spirit brings to mind the truth. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not Makes me lie in the pastures green. He leads me by the still, still waters. His what? His goodness restores my soul. So you've restored it better than me, you see. Even something like that, God the Spirit can bring it to mind. For you and for others. Like Mary. Zechariah, it says here, he prophesied. When the Holy Spirit fills him, he prophesies. Which basically just means words inspired by the Holy Spirit. Words inspired by the Holy Spirit. And they can take all sorts, all sorts of forms, yeah? And things that are going to happen, like here, where they talk about Jesus being born and John the Baptist being born. These are predictive prophecies. But there's also prophecy which is more forth-telling, which is to do with the glory of God, praising God. I worship you, Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. When you come at the front here and you feel inspired, you say, oh, church, God wants you to know you're, that you, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not be in want. You are prophesying, you see. Prophesying is a broad thing. And this is what we mean. When the Holy Spirit comes on us, there is praise. There is words. There's overflowing praise to God that brings hope to people. People need hope. Raises people up. See God and hope. Finally, the Holy Spirit, when we are filled with him, we encourage. It leads to encouragement. I don't mean our own encouragement. It does encourage us. He does encourage us. I mean, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will encourage others. Let's think about what that word means. Courage. Can you see that word in there? Courage. When you're close to someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit, they will give you fresh courage to live for God. Fresh courage to keep serving him. Fresh courage for your marriage. Fresh courage for your children. Fresh courage for your job. Think about the, the challenges that you might be facing. Fresh courage. And the Holy Spirit gives you people. There are people around you. That's why it's good to be in a church family, isn't it? That's why it's good to go to a community group so you can be encouraged. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, people say to you, oh, brother, sister, let me encourage you. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for your healing. Let me bring this scripture to you. I believe God wants to say this to you. Let's be people who prophesy. Let's let the word of, let, let's let God work and speak through us. Are we encouraging people? Are you encourager? When you get together with other people, do we encourage them? Do you, do, do you, do you want to bring joy to them? Do you want to lift them up? Do you want to help them to find hope? Please be like that. We need that, you know. We've got enough pulling us down, haven't we? Most YouTube channels have got millions and millions of views. Why have they got millions and millions of views? Because they stoke fear and hatred, don't they? I can tell you now, the most popular YouTube channels and the things on social media that are mostly followed 
are to do with stoking fear and hatred and division. Don't be one of those followers, please. Don't be a follower who follows hatred, fear, and division. When you go on social media, which you probably do, don't be that person who watches all that news feed and those people that are trying to tell you everything's falling apart, everything's going wrong. No, no, of course we've got to know some news. There's some good news channels. It's well worth knowing. But please be someone who seeks to encourage other people and seeks to be truly encouraged. Because if you're feeling down, the best way up is to get around people who encourage you. Yeah? If you're feeling low, if your faith is feeling low, if you're feeling challenged in your faith, get close to Christians who are going to encourage you, lift you up. If life is hard, if work is hard, if family life is hard, if marriage is hard, all these things come to all of us. You need friends to lift you up. And people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, encourage. It's what I'm trying to do this morning. I'm trying to encourage you. So the Holy Spirit's filling. The band's going to come up now. The Holy Spirit's filling results... I mean that, Sean. Yeah, you are, you are there. Okay. The Holy Spirit's filling results in joy, praise. How do we respond to this? Very simple, really. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you each day. When you come to church, when you go to community group, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? The wind will blow on a willing on a willing vessel. All you've got to do is raise those sails. If you are a willing person who's coming, who comes somewhere to encourage, who comes to bring God's blessing, who comes to bring truth, the Holy Spirit will blow on you. Don't be a static person. Oh, when I'm filled out, something will happen. No, move to people. Serve people. Bless people and the Holy Spirit will fill you. Ask him to fill you and then be filled by doing what he leads you into. Let me encourage you to, to fill your mind with truth. Fill your mind with new songs, old songs, scriptures. Memorize things. Be a creative. Be a, be a poet. And they say, I'm not a poet. Yes, you are. Everyone can, can do something. Get creative. Sing new songs to God. I've been enjoying listening to Matt Redman's new album recently. Fairly new album, isn't it? It's 2023 on Spotify. Really encouraging. Such, it's a, you know, he's Matt Redman, he's a good Christian artist, isn't he? Yeah, listen to his songs, right? They're truthful, joyful. There's a range of topics there. It's about suffering, struggling, but finding hope. Find good artists to listen to, like Mary, Zechariah, like them, like Matt Redman. Be one of them as well. Be somebody who brings the Holy Spirit wherever you go. So let's stand now. We're going to worship together.